Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hello again, everyone. I am your host, Chris Kiefer. And this is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATV MC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, and unparalleled customer service, free three day shipping. All of that is the reason why it's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us freaks out there. Thank you guys for joining me once again. We are back, second pod this week. Probably second pod of five. Whole, maybe four. I might save the fifth one for the following week. But don't want to overload you on this stuff so you guys get sick of it. So... Thank you, Rocky Mountain ATV MC, for helping this thing along. And thank you, of course, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Go get yourself some gear. And if you're going to go get it, go get it over at Rocky Mountain and get yourself some fly stuff. I recommend Light Hydrogen, and I also recommend Kinetic Mesh. It's good. It's soft. The vents in the jersey will not chafe your nipples. That is Kiefer tested, and that is Kiefer tested approved. So go ahead over there to flyracing.com and choose what you like. Several different colorways, all different types of gear, boots, helmets, goggles, protection, even some lifestyle stuff. Get dressed up, look cool, even when you're not on the track. Head over there. Also, thank you guys over at Racetech. That's right, Racetech. Racetech gold valves provide a plush feel. With drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction, Racetech products and services are 100, that's 100% guaranteed in and made, in and made, the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. There's a lot of information for you guys out there that want to geek out on suspension stuff that... Maybe have some questions about your own suspension, what spring rate I should run. And, of course, as you guys know, if you guys have any questions about suspension or any of this stuff that I talk about on this podcast, just email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. That's what separates us from those other media outlets that you can't talk to. You can talk to us because we're not too cool. We're just your bros. That's right. So we're back again for the second podcast this week. That's what I said before. In a matter of, what, 24 hours? I did one last night when I came home from the KTM 250-350 intro. Well, this podcast is all about the 2019... Did I say 2018? I probably did. So this is 2019. God, I'm already getting screwed up. I'm so screwed up with my years. It's hard to keep up in motorcycle years because some stuff I'm testing, I'm in 2020, and now I'm in the media testing world. 
So now I'm working on 2019, but yet I'm still riding 2018 machines. It's tough, but it's a good life. Woo! I like it. I love dirt bikes. But anyway, this podcast is all about the 2019 KTM 250 SXF. I am not a 250 rider. I'll be straight up with you. It's not my favorite thing to ride, but I can appreciate a good 250 SXF when I ride one. And not even that, not even an SXF. I can appreciate any type of 250 that has some torque. Of course, I'm older. I like torque. I'm not a hyperactive you know, kid that's scrubbing every little anthill out there, revving the shit out of my bike. I like a little bit of torque and meat out of corners, short shift my bike, because you know what? I'm a lazy rider. I'm a smooth rider. So I go fast by riding smooth. I don't go fast by riding over my head and going ape shit. So the KTM has been really good, okay? And it has fared really well in shootouts, not even just mine, in other shootouts as well. I think what's held its back what held it back before is the fork in the past and maybe a little bit of chassis feel um, and also torque feeling off the bottom end for the engine character. So for 2019, just like the 350, KTM went to work, redesigned a lot of stuff on this machine, basically from swing arm to frame to engine to bodywork to suspension. All of this stuff is revamped for 2019. So you can gonna, you're going you're going guaranteed you're going to get a different feeling um, 250 if you're working off of a 16 to 18 year models. So um, I have spent some time out at Cheney Ranch. If you haven't listened to the 350 podcast, so I'll just recap. Cheney Ranch is a private motocross track from uh, Ed and Michelle. Great people out there. Uh, they're just fans of the sport. Uh, this track's been around a while. However, the track is very fun, but it wasn't that rough. So to give you guys um, a whole breakdown of suspension, um, I really couldn't do that, and I'd be lying. So if there are other media outlets out there that are going to break you down all kinds of suspension talk from day one of this thing, there's no way. It's all It's all BS, okay? So don't... Um, take the bait and I guess so to speak get the suspension facts from this this podcast even from, but from any outlet out there that's going to give you suspension feedback from day one this track was good for chassis loading some high speed compression rear feeling so there was some loading on chassis and suspension from these big jumps there was some g outs and things like that but no big break, breaking bumps guys there wasn't it wasn't ripped deep it's all fluffy berms on the outside so what you see on these instagram posts from other media outlets and even from myself it's for show you know it's for photos all this fluffy stuff but we got a good feel of the engine of some chassis and just the overall um, balance of the motorcycle. We will break down the suspension later, um, hopefully before shootouts for you guys, and get you some different settings to try if you guys are getting one of these bikes. But as of right now, guys, suspension, I just kept pretty much stock. I did stiffen up the fork slightly on the compression, went two in just because I'm 170 pounds. I had Dominic Simino, my other guy out there that was test riding, 
He is about a 155 to 160. So he is more in the 250 realm weight. I am on the heavier side. But nowadays, guys, manufacturers are aiming the target weight for 160 and up. So if you're a buck 40, buck 30, basically you're going to probably have to respring your bike or change the air fork pressure up front. So just know that. So anyway, basically, KTM went to work, redesigned everything. The 250 and 350 share a lot of the same parts. They are one, in fact, almost the same dirt bike, minus, of course, a few engine things and diameters and stuff like that. But they shared wheels. They share um, frames. They share swing arms. And they almost share weight. The 250 is 218 pounds dry. And the 350 is 219 pounds. I'm going to get to the weight feeling when I talk about the chassis, but I'm telling you guys right now, there is a big difference between the 350 and the 250 besides feeling. So just know that. So getting right down to it, let's talk about the engine because that was the first thing I noticed when I got on this bike. It has the map switches. Unlike the 350, map 1 and map 2 aren't that drastically different. I left it on map two because quite frankly, in the 250 class, you want as much power as you can get, right? And map two provides that. You will get a little bit more RPM response throughout the range. You will get a little bit more bottom end hit and it will pull a little bit better mid to top end. I think map one revs a little farther, but like I said, I'm a little older, a little lazier, I want a little bit more meat, and uh, so I kept it in map two. Traction control, didn't touch it, guys. I don't really mess with TC on the 250 SXF. I do appreciate it when I go up in CC, such as the 450, but I, like I said, I need as much as I can get out of a 250, so I do not need a TC on a motocross track. You guys are riding the woods? Of course, it's going to be great. I've used it in slippery conditions on a bigger bike and it works. It's not just some fluffy thing, some fake button that KTM puts on this bike. It actually works. I just do not use it in motocross um, type conditions on this 250. So once I got in the track, what did I notice between the 18 and the 19? We didn't have 18s there, but I have ridden the 18 250 SXF a lot. I'm very familiar with that machine. I went out to this track, which is a very fast track, I may add, and there's some bigger type jumps. I brought my kid Aiden out there to shoot some photos, um, and the thing that I noticed the most was, surprisingly, this thing has a little bit more torque and bottom end pull than in the 18. That is what this bike was lacking, okay? This bike was lacking that in 18. That was the only reason why I liked the Yamaha a little bit better. In certain cases, I did like the KTM at some tracks, but when I got to a tighter, ruddier track, I preferred a Yamaha because of the bottom end. Now this 250SXF, we're working with some more torque here, guys. If I was going to compare the 250 and 350 together, I had more fun on a 250, which is rare. I had more fun on this 250 than I did the 350 simply because I had some more torque. I can roll out a second gear and this thing 
as I mentioned in the 350 podcast, recovery time, right? So the recovery time is what the engine can do if there is a human rider error, okay? So if I'm bogging this thing coming out of a corner, or if I bury it too deep in the sand, how quick does it get back into the meat of the power? Just bam, bam. How quick does it get rah, back into it? A couple, you know, little fingers of the clutch. How quick does that sucker recover from making a mistake that you made, okay? This recovery time is better on the 250, much like the 350, But now I'm working with more excitement and meat down low. This is what I wanted. And this is what KTM delivers for 2019. So unless some other manufacturers step up, which Yamaha has, man, it's going to be tough to beat this machine because now it has some meat down low. Of course, it has a lot of pull in the mid-range. And you're not going to beat a KTM on top in an over-rev. This sucker revs out far. All right? Now, can I use third gear coming out of corners? Not yet. I will mess with gearing, but I don't think the gearing is that bad. Unlike the 350, where I didn't really like the transmission spacing between second and third, the 250 between second and third spacing is pretty good. As soon as I come out of a corner, I can roll on the throttle and get down the straightaway a little bit farther, and then shift to third, and then it pulls that gear very well. I don't need to shift right out of the corner into third gear. I can actually use second gear quite far out of a corner, which I like. But I am surprised how much torque I feel coming from a 19. So let's go back and rate this sucker. As you guys know, baseline numbers, we're talking testing terms here. If the 2018 is a number three, this sucker is probably off the bottom end. Let's just work off of bottom end. Is most likely, I, I would say 3.25. Okay, a little bit better than a 3 plus, but 3.25 off the bottom, torque feeling 3.25, mid range 3.25, and I would say top in and over rev as good as 18, so I would say 3.3, so equal. But very noticeable change coming out of corners, getting out of deep, loamy sand berms. Just the pickup of this 250 is much better for 2019. I also do notice a more free revving feel. I've talked about this on the 350. The 250 is even more noticeable, okay? The 250 has such a light engine feeling, no engine braking, which is quite different than in past KTM terms because when you buy a new KTM, they're really tight. And so... And what I mean by tight, you rev the engine, it spools up, comes back down real quick. Spools up, comes back down real quick. Until you break them in, and that's about five to six hours, it's usually pretty tight and you get some engine braking. But now, with this new engine character, with the new engine uh, modifications that they did to this new bike, which you can go to keferingtesting.com and look at. I'm not going to rip them all off here. But go to my website, you can see the changes and everything that they did inside the motor, but those changes make a freer feeling engine revving character, okay? When I'm in the air and I, wah, 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 I really can't make a four-stroke sound, but when I rev that sucker in the air, the, the chassis itself is really reactive to my throttle hand, which means to me that I have a light, free feeling, which makes it exciting to ride when I'm out on the track. And sometimes when you get too much of a free feeling in an engine, 
you lose some rear end traction. I do not lose rear end traction with this bike. In fact, I have more with this bike than any other, okay? There's more rear wheel, rear wheel traction with the KTM, much like the bigger brother, 450, than any other machine out there. So a very free-feeling engine character that I like with some more torque. KTM, once again, is doing the work like I talked about in the 350 podcast. KTM is not scared to scrap shit that doesn't work, no matter how far along the production or pre-production or prototype um, process there is. If they're up in Proto 2, they will scrap this part and use something that works better. They are... Very good R&D guys over there. I've worked with them several years ago, back in 2003, 2004. So I know what kind of guys they have in the R&D department over there in Austria. And they're smart people. And there's several different, um, I, I should say, I guess there's several different parts to the R&D process over there in KTM. Much different than the Japanese process that I've been a part of over here. So they do a good job. They did a great job with this engine. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to put some more time on it. I'm excited for you guys to ride it. That are KTM 250 lovers. I feel like this is a great move for KTM, and this is the way to go in the 250 realm of things. I feel like maybe a little bit less top-end and over-rev, which they haven't gone to. It's still very, very good, but more off the bottom to mid-range where people are using that power. Not everyone is hauling ass at 13,000 RPM. People are using their engines between 7 to 11,000 RPM, and this is where this bike makes that power. It's very exciting. So that's what I think about the engine. Suspension, again, not much to say. It feels balanced. I didn't do much to it. Uh, much like the 350, it does feel a little bit stiff, okay? But WP parts take quite a bit of time to break in five to six hours so if you get your bike feels a little stiff give yourself some time but also i recommend changing the handlebars i am not a fan of the neck and bar the bar shape is okay i'm not hating on that i'm just hating on the rigidity that that bar brings okay you have to expect from a production standpoint that you may not get as good of a bar as you would if you went and purchased an aftermarket one. But you say, Kiefer, it's a neck and bar. Sometimes the bars, I'm trying to think something for you. Like, okay, a Yamaha YZ450F had a Pro Taper style bars, but Pro Taper doesn't make those bars anymore. They did at one time, but Yamaha's sneaky, and they use the same black color, and it looked like a Pro Taper bar without the badging, but it's a different manufacturer now, so it's stiffer. So... I'm not saying Neckin is not making these bars, but it could be a different rigidity from the other ones they sell because this sucker feels stiff and it vibrates a little bit more than I like, much like the 350. However, I will say the 250 doesn't spool up and vibrate as much as the 350. It's more controlled. It's more tighter feeling. So, But I'm just not down with the rigidity that comes from the handlebar. And like I said... The stuff is stiffer feeling when you slap down off a jump, but that does break in over time. What I call a crust in suspension, like you have to break through the crust of it, and then it feels supple and it has some comfort. 
That is what the KTM 250SXF feels like when it's new. When you slap down, it's really harsh, and then it kind of breaks through and it has this nice supple feel to it. So that crust will break in a little bit more when you guys ride it, but we will dissect this stuff a little bit more coming into the weeks. When I have some more time, I'll go to some different tracks with some braking bumps, a.k.a. Glen Helen, or even my high-des tracks here from my garage, which is heaven-sent, okay? Where I live is bitching, because I can ride from my house and test. It's awesome. But nonetheless, 105 is a nice sag setting. Of course, if you guys, like I said, if you guys are lightweight, 140, 130, you're going to need a different rear spring, Okay. Because it's going to be too high in the rear. It's going to be harsh on acceleration. If you guys are 150 and up, I think the spring rates will be good. So just know that if you guys are light, you might have to mess with some spring rates. And, of course, you can go to Race Tech and check those out. But 105 stock air pressure readings. I did go stiffer a little bit on the fork sitting just for the simple fact of landing off jumps or G-outs. Um, slap down landings it didn't really hurt any more on that light um, bump on the very top end of the fork stroke. It didn't really hurt that crust as much as I thought it would going stiffer. So I left it stiffer and it was okay. But overall, ride attitude of machine is fine. Nothing out of the ordinary there. Still feels like a KTM. Hey! Commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, Get some hats, shirts, hoodies. Be a moto fan. Be an off-road fan. Go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Reddit Racing or RuddedRacing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Reddit Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after Reddit Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. Screenprintingdone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. Make us some t-shirts. Go to screenprintingdone.com. You know who else goes to screenprintingdone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took screenprintingdone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen... On the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. 
They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to Skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood bloodlubricants.com go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com go view everything they have there's all different kinds of oils you got an ATV you got a street bike you got a UTV or you got a YZ450F in your garage blood lubricants has an oil for you okay Jefferson Green he's been in the oil industry for a long time since 1983 but he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that so he wanted to create an oil that was good that lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. 
Mention Kiefer in your order. Please order. And get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at kieferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good. 100% synthetic. Go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes. That's right. Handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's... They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me, I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to FMFRacing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer, because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Moving on to the chassis, I guess, I would I would have to say first thing, is thank God KTM got rid of that bend in the shroud. Now it's straight, okay? It has a straighter, thinner feel, and when you lift your leg up in corners, you don't really hit your knee brace hinge or your knee on that bend where the KTM used to be. Now it's a straighter bend. It's, it feels lighter. However that can be, KTM does feel lighter. And the thin corners, so good. It feels light in the corner. And I explained this in a 350 article I did for Steve. The, 
The 350 feels lighter in the corners than it does in the air, and that goes with the 250 as well. It feels the 250 feels light in the air. Don't get me wrong, but in the corners, it feels even lighter. Like I can cut down off of a berm if it's blown out. I can get down low. I can make direction changes on the track better. It just opens up the track more for me when you have a lighter feeling chassis because you can move around more. You're not stuck into something that you have to hit. And that kind of expands your brain to be more creative and be like, okay, I can hop over that. I can move over there. I can cut down here. It just kind of opens everything up when your bike is really reactive. And that's what this KTM 250SXF brings, a really reactive machine because the chassis is so light. Now, Kiefer, does that mean straight line stability has been improved or is it worse? To me, I feel like it's a little bit better. The frame changes that KTM made made a little bit stiffer feeling, so you would think, oh shit, on acceleration or fast straightaways, it's going to be a little bit head shaky, a little bit nervous. Not so. Where it's improved is if you're on throttle under load and you're going through some sweepers and you're leaning, that whole rear end feeling sticks better. I'm under throttle, the tire is connected to the ground better, and I get more of a rear wheel traction type feel than I do with the 18 model. That has to do with the swing arm and the frame changes that KTM made. A little bit stiffer, a little bit lighter feeling, a little bit more maneuverable, and also I get more traction coming out of corners. Now, D-Cell, don't have big bumps to talk to you about again, but I do feel on D-Cell it may be slightly a little bit more nervous than previous years with this frame. But I haven't confirmed that yet. It's just my initial feeling coming from wide open off throttle into some of these big bowl turns that they had. I felt like it didn't settle quite as good as the 18 model did. But to me, most everything else is for the positive. There was really no negative for me. Only negative for me, I guess I would say, would be that vibration feeling that I talked to you about about the chassis. Um, but not as bad as a 350SXF. So... Um, Again, light feeling in the corners, change of directions, excellent. Straight line, still pretty good on throttle. D-cell, I will have to get back to you guys on that because I'm not really 100% sure um, what that is yet. Um, but, again, steel frames, I like them. I like the feel of them. The downside to me, because I have spent some time on some steel frames and a lot of time, aka the Husqvarna Rockstar Edition and KTM Factory Edition, I feel like they do get a little bit roached out feeling sooner, stretched out, more so than an aluminum frame. I've put, as you guys know, I've put 100 hours on Yamahas, um, Hondas, and all these bikes, these Japanese bikes. I've put up to 60 hours on some steel frame bikes, KTM, and almost this Husqvarna now, and it still feels a little bit more clapped out with these steel frames than uh, an aluminum frame. Now, again, I'm very hard on bikes. I ride the crap out of them. I'm moto. I'm slamming into stuff. I'm over jumping stuff. I'm hard on machines. That doesn't mean at 60 hours your KTM is going to be a piece of shit 
That just means I feel a little bit of a difference between aluminum and steel in the frame character once they're up to that hours. Not everyone is as sensitive as I am, but I like to relay the stuff that I feel to you guys just so you guys are aware of it. Maybe you are sensitive like me. Maybe you're not. But nonetheless, that information is out there for you guys. I'm trying to be transparent and let you guys know these things. Would I buy a KTM or Husqvarna? Absolutely. I would buy one in a heartbeat. Does that mean I would sell it at 60 hours? Absolutely not. I'm just letting you know that I do feel these slight differences between aluminum and steel. I wouldn't be doing you guys a service if I wasn't telling you guys this stuff. So I do feel aluminum is very good for durability and stiffness and keeping that stiffness intact for a long time. Steel is more compliant, better comfort, but maybe doesn't last as long as an aluminum frame. So food for thought right there. You guys can hit me up at chris at keyforingtesting.com if you got some comments about that. But that's my feeling towards steel versus aluminum frames. Um, again, man, when the track is rough and shitty and square edge, steel frames are great, man. When I go to Glen Helen 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it sucks. But it doesn't suck as bad as some aluminum frames that I've been on that 2.30 in the afternoon. So just know that. Overall, that's about it for the 250SXF. That's my first impression. You can head over to KieferIncTesting.com. I had my guy Dominic. He owns a 2016 KTM 350SXF. He gives us his review on the 250 and 350 and lets you know if he would buy a new bike. I thought that was cool to bring Dom because he's a real-world blue-collar guy that buys his bikes. He bought a 350SXF. He likes the Orange Brigade. So I brought him along. He wrote his opinion. He's a good writer. He's a good writer. So go have, go over there to keyforingtesting.com. Check out his article. I think it's pretty good. And then uh, you can hit me up, of course, on my email. Let me know how you like it. I will be getting these bikes back, 250 and 350, hopefully within a week or two. A big get well soon to Dave over at KTM. Dave had a little get off. Um, Dave is our media marketing manager for us guys that uh, talk about these dirt bikes. He's a good dude. He's from Ireland. Um, I think it's cool that he just took took it you know took a plane over here, took a chance on the industry and got a job and worked his ass off. And he's one of the good guys over there at KTM. Yeah, I took a little digger at Elsinore on Saturday. Dave, stay away from Elsinore. It's a shithole. Um, I try not to go there. Um, sorry for Elsinore people that are listening, but that track sucks. And it used to be pretty damn good if they prepped it, but they do not prep it very well. So he took a digger, got a little concussed, and uh, he missed the intro. I was bummed out, but he'll be back in a couple weeks, I'm sure, and start feeling better. But I want to send a big get well soon to you, Dave, out there. And uh, hope to see you soon. And thank you for a cool intro. Thanks to KTM for bringing us out to Cheney Ranch. And of course, thank you listeners for listening to this podcast. And uh, it's a pleasure for me to give you some information and give you some insight that may, that you may or may not already know about, that you don't get from these other media outlets. And it's more organic way of delivering some information out there to you guys. So tell a friend. Maybe they don't even know what a podcast is. But please tell them. Let them know, hey, this stuff's pretty cool. Um, you can listen to what I have to say. You don't have to read about it. It's not a bunch of bullshit. We get to some facts, 
And if I don't feel a difference, I'm not going to tell you I do. And if I don't feel anything, I'm just going to say, look, I didn't feel anything about that. That's the big thing about testing. Don't make up shit that you don't feel. Don't try to act like you know when there's nothing going on. That's the first rule of testing is don't make up shit. So we don't do that here at KieferInkTesting.com. We have quality test riders. Of course, you guys know I've been around for a little bit. So hopefully the trust is there. And I thank you guys for listening. Of course, thank you to all of our sponsors. Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com, Racetech, Racetech.com, Skosh, Electronic Products, go get that over there at Skosh.com, SCOKT25 is the product code to save 25%. Rutted Racing, t shirts, hats, sweat, sweatshirts, hoodies, cool stuff for your chick, make her look hot. Go to RuddedRacing.com, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Neil over there. Just pressing away on t-shirts. Go get your Kiefer Inc. Testing t-shirts. You know, you can hit Heather up for that. Heather at KieferInkTesting.com if you want some Kiefer Inc. Testing swag. Of course, Blood Lubricants, B-L-U-D, Lubricants.com. Good synthetic oil. And you guys know I'm not a big synthetic guy, but this stuff's really legit. It's in my test bikes. It's awesome. They're helping out Henry Miller, like Rutted Racing is. And of course... Brand new to this podcast. Needs no introduction. FMF Racing. You guys have older bikes, four strokes, two strokes, even some freshies like this 2019 KTMs. They've developed hand-in-hand with Austria their systems. So check them out, fmfracing.com. They're available now. And I thank you guys for listening. Come back soon because guess what? 2019 Kawasaki KX450F just released today, this morning. Again, you can go to the website and check it out. But we are going to go rip that son of a mother. That's right, son of a mother. I'm trying to not cuss as much. But anyway, Wednesday at Paula, we're going to ride this thing. That's what that son of a mother means. We're riding and shredding this bike. I'm going to come home, haul ass home, break it down for you guys on the podcast. Probably break it down over to you on pulpmx.com for 10 things about the Kawasaki. And also... KieferInkTesting.com will have even more information. So many ways to get your information over here. Oh my God, I'm busting my ass for you guys. I just wish the money was rolling in. (laughs) Seriously though, though, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Come back here tomorrow night. Check out the Cowie. See you guys.